ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಚಿಮಿರಂಧಸ್ಯಾನಂಜನಶಲಾಖಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರುಂಗೀಲಿಂಗ್ about what should i speak about i should speak about krishna yeah. krishna yes maya or maya maya krishna krishna both he's both i'm going to speak about america that's maya you said that that's maya well that's the whole point my america is maya you're not in maya right if you know that america's maya that means you're not in maya means you're not in america but you are in america and it's the job of devotees to make um, uh, devotees in america to make america krishna conscious so that's why i want to talk about america i don't want to talk about the economic situation the political situation the military situation although i might touch on that tangentially uh why should we discuss about america when we know about krishna and we we're not the body we don't we don't intrinsically have anything to do with this place or when we say this place that means america it means the world the earth planet the whole material world but we should consider <coughs> as Srila Prabhupada considered. Srila Prabhupada, while teaching us that we are not the body, he often spoke about America, actually. Srila Prabhupada was uh, fully self-realized, perfect, pure devotee, fully cognizant that we are not the body. At the same time, he was a pragmatic preacher of Krishna consciousness, and <clears throat> although shrila prabhat had no other subject but krishna he spoke in various ways for the purpose of bringing people to krishna consciousness and as a pragmatic preacher he often appealed to the patriotic spirit which is maya to enthuse people to uh, engage that patriotic spirit in a in a fully spiritual purpose when shila prabhat was in england he was talking to i believe it was one of the lords he, he spoke to many big people and he said that you used to have a great empire and you can have it again if you just take a little advice from me <laughs> so he spoke about he often spoke of america how america is dominating the world and how if people in america take to krishna consciousness then the whole world will follow suit as a pragmatic acharya uh, a preacher of krishna consciousness shrila prabhupad came to america and he said that others they always sort of going to britain first but i was always i was looking at america because 
yeah, that's pragmatic, isn't it, or strategic, that the, the most uh, prominent country, if if that becomes Krishna conscious, then others will follow, just like America is grossly materialistic, and the whole world is following. <laughs> and uh, the culture, or anti-culture, or lack of culture, or whatever it is, of America, of we say America, we say that means generally the, the Western world, but particularly trends are hatched in America and in Britain also and other places, but particularly in America. So Srila Prabhupada appealed to the uh, American spirit. In India, Srila Prabhupada brought American disciples and told them, that if you, what is the use of your being American if you can't do something wonderful for Krishna? So he appealed to the patriotic spirit. That, that, that even that can be uh, Krishnaized. That let us do something for Krishna. Let us let us make our countrymen <coughs> and women. You have to say uh, Krishna conscious. And naturally, if you live here, then uh, take to devotional service. Then some feeling of compassion must be there, seeing the people thinking that they're American and in this way uh, committing themselves to repeated birth and death. So Srila Prabhupada when he first came to America he studied the culture to see how to present Krishna consciousness and that should be an ongoing uh, task of devotees preaching Krishna consciousness not that they have to be yeah, extremely clued into all the goings on read the whole newspaper every day but uh, to preach Krishna consciousness means first of all to communicate with people at a level they're at and to try to bring them up from that level to the level of understanding that we are all pure spirit souls all parts and parcels of Krishna meant to serve Krishna so, communication means we have to have under, um, some understanding of people's psychology and the present culture, cultural trends. So, I want to uh, spend a few minutes giving uh, what I see as present cultural trends in America and uh, how, as preachers of Bhagavad Gita, which was spoken not in a in a pristine idyllic situation, which you might think suitable for philosophy, but in, in probably the most unlikely situation for speaking philosophy, just before a, a battle was about to take place. So that demonstrates that philosophy of life is to be enacted in life. It's, it's not, a philosophy is not something for people sitting in caves only. That's for everyone, but it's for practical life also. So what are the trends in, in modern American life and American culture? The trends, they're inevitably, they are driven by various worldviews or perspectives of life on how we should live life. Um, one may, and of course I'm speaking as an outsider here. I, I don't live in America. 
and uh, nevertheless, we, America is undoubtedly the most featured country in the news media uh, throughout the world. Of course, in India, for instance, the news is mostly about India, but when it comes to international news, America will be featured the most because America is at the present time the most powerful and influential country in the world. Powerful still economically somehow or other and uh, militarily no doubt about it politically yeah. so uh, one uh, prominent trend that we see in modern American culture which is uh, directly of interest to devotees who want to preach the message of Bhagavad Gita uh, is the cultural divide on one hand between uh, fundamentalist religion, which Christianity, uh, there are hardcore fundamentalists and there are less so, we don't see them so much in this part of America, but, uh, in other parts definitely uh, Christianity of a particularly of a of a uh, evangelical type is very influential in American culture, no doubt. Which uh, we don't see much in other countries actually. Christianity is there, but the evangelical type, the, the, what is this? The believe or burn? This this type is prominent in America, which is. Surprising, considering that, well, people are supposed to get an education here and it doesn't seem to be very intelligent, this kind of uh, <laughs> believe or burn religion. And probably as a result of that, or, of course, when we speak about philosophical and cultural trends, there has to be much generalization and simplification. But uh, a response to that is uh, rejection of religion uh, in the form of uh, hardcore scientific atheism. Okay, we'll get to that a little later. I'm not talking, I'm not deliberately trying to talk here. Non is this some sign that I should be... <laughs> talking about other things. <laughs> so a, a reaction, a, a, one reaction is this uh, trend to be people talking about I'm spiritual but not religious. And uh, New Age and impersonalist, the rise of Buddhism, near what they call Buddhism. And... <laughs> And uh, do it yourself. Feel feel your own way to spirituality. Read a book here, read a book there. Feel something, <coughs> and just feel yourself to be spiritual. Uh, of course, there's a lot of difference between feeling spiritual and being spiritual. And that is. And or even considering oneself to be religious and actually being religious. And that is the contribution of the Krishna Conscious Movement. We have 
uh, science pitted against religion, and some scientists uh, have now put themselves on the side of religion with the intelligent design. But generally still, religion and science are considered different. But Srila Prabhupada always presented Krishna consciousness as, as a scientific approach. And that wasn't just something he made up as a, as a uh, <coughs> pragmatic preaching tool, but the very word Vigyana, which in modern Indian languages is the word used for science, although it has a much broader, or, or various broad meanings. The word Vigyana is uh, very common. It, it comes up several times in Bhagavad Gita. And uh, in, in important uh, contexts, and particularly in Srimad Bhagavatam, about the Bhagavatam, it's stated within the Bhagavatam, Bhagavat Tattva Vigyanam Mukta Sangasya Jayati, that this knowledge or science, Vigyanam means science, of Krishna consciousness, Bhagavat Tattva, knowledge of the uh, existence or, or the reality, the, the actual being of God and everything in relation to Him, by understanding that one becomes free from all material association, one becomes liberated from the material world. So this feel-good, vague spiritualism on one hand, and the very definite fundamentalism on the other hand that it's this way and only this way and, and you're either in or you're out you either believe or you either bathe yourself in the blood of Jesus whatever that means I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it's supposed to mean or you burn in hell forever of course it sounds pretty offensive to bathe yourself in the blood of Jesus but anyway it's a horrible idea but but Anyway, whatever it is, you better believe it, otherwise you burn in hell forever. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, uh, there's also the advent of multiculturalism as a, what is it? It's a maybe a pragmatic approach to the to the melting pot that never really properly melted. America was supposed to be a melting pot of civilizations, but nevertheless we find that there are uh, African-Americans, Chinese-Americans, Vietnamese-Americans, Indian-Americans, and just Americans, Jewish-Americans, and Americans, which means... <laughs> Uh, wasps, I guess, but they're, they're just called Americans, and everyone else is called a Chinese-American, a Vietnamese-American, or something like that. So the, the melting pot didn't really melt fully, so we didn't all merge into various shades of brown, or light brown. Hispanic-American, sorry about that, didn't mean to leave you out. I wasn't discriminating here, <laughs> just being as multicultural as I can. So the idea of multiculturalism, to respect all cultures, uh, to, to, and take what's good in all of them, 
so this idea has come up, which is another stupid idea, actually, because it's not all culture. You can't say that the, the culture of a people, like in, in some tribes in Africa, have languages of only 300 words. And we can't say that that's on the same cultural level as even American culture, for that matter. <laughs> what to speak of uh, highly developed culture, which means Vedic culture, actually. <coughs> so, uh, anyway, the idea that there should be tolerance, the world has seen too much intolerance, this is a trend which is, uh, which has, there, there's the history of ideas, is one study, at least in one university in Sweden, I know they teach this, and it may be in others also. So, considering the past, the ugly past, how uh, Protestants used to burn Catholics at the stake, and Catholics used to burn Protestants at the stake, and when they got a little tired of doing that, sometimes they hung, drew, and courted them, and other various nasty ways of killing and torturing, and uh, that continued... <coughs> Uh, with the Holocaust, and it goes on and on and on. With uh, there's so many. There's a Holocaust, and then after that, uh, there was the uh, Pol Pot in Kampuchea was just as nasty. Mao Zedong and Stalin, and they all killed plenty of people. So the idea is, let's be nice and tolerate each other, and uh, let's not kill each other. Make love, not war, was the slogan of the sixties. Uh, so let's all be nice to each other and tolerate <coughs> each other, which is a good sentiment. It's definitely better than let's kill everyone else who we don't like. Uh, America, oh, there, there was Americans in the, at least up to the 60s or 70s, as I was growing up in my native Merry England, we used to hear of the ugly American. Have you heard of the ugly American? No. You never heard of the <laughs> ugly American? Because Americans, <laughs> Americans uh, used to come on holiday to countries like Britain and talk loud, far too loud, even when they weren't drunk. <laughs> and uh, generally act in a condescending manner. Gee, the cars are so small here! <laughs> and so on. <laughs> well, in America we don't do things like that. <laughs> and so on. And I... I, I it must have been 1986 in Gatwick Airport, which is London's second biggest airport, as we were, myself and Kala Vishnu Swami were about to board the plane for communist Russia, still heavy. It's the USSR. Yeah, it's still the USSR, and it was heavy, heavy. Just before they lightened up, they got more heavy. So anyway, uh, the whole concourse was, you know, people, there's like a buzz of people talking, all of a sudden, 
this loud American voice of, of, obviously an American, could have been a Canadian, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and Canadian. And he was shouting at his wife using the, presumably it was his wife, using the most foul language. But, now when I come to America, at least in America, I find that many people are very nice and polite and at least superficially friendly and they say good morning to you on your when you walk in the morning, you want to chant your japa and the people coming past every few minutes saying good morning. So that it seems that there's been a deliberate attempt to change and be nice and there's there are new new age gurus and people Maybe it all began with this uh, how to make friends and exploit people that, and influence people. Sorry, that book. <laughs> how to make friends and uh, subtly exploit them. Make, make them think that you're their friend when actually you're making a buck out of them. Okay. So it began with that and then there, there, there are all books like uh, what is that? Think and Grow Rich and then it became more sophisticated with the seven habits of highly exploited what is it? <laughs> Highly successful people. <laughs> Seven, it's like, win, you win, I win, but I'm going to make sure I win more than you. <laughs> you know, and, and be nice, be good, this idea that if you're nice, well, if things work out, it's better to be nice to people because it's in your own self-interest to be, that's the underlying message, right? That if you're, if you're, nice to people, then it's good, it's in your own self-interest. And so, people are trying to be nice to each other, and uh, yeah, at least superficially, like in England, I know, we grew up in, grew up in a culture where, among a certain class of people, not everyone, but uh, in, in general, it's, be nice, be polite, say, please, thank you, of course, having grown up in that culture, Americans come and say, oh, how polite the people are. They always say, please. If you're British, you know that, that according to the intonation of the voice, the word thank you can mean get out of here, you jerk. Or, <laughs> or similar, there's similar unstated but understood subtleties. The culture is more subtle. But it's, it's the same thing. Just... Just a better veneer, that's all. So, anyway, at least uh, people are trying to be nice and friendly, some of them. And I guess not everyone. Um, there's also the uh, other trends, other cultural trends. Making a quick survey here. We want to get on to Krishna as soon as possible. Other cultural trends, uh, the rise of vegetarianism, which is probably fueled more by the understanding that uh, you're likely to get serious diseases if you're not a vegetarian, more than compassion and goodwill to all, what is that? All creatures great and small. But uh, there's also this PETA organization which is actively <coughs> campaigning for animal rights, which is a good trend, uh, due, 
I would say largely to the widespread distribution of Srila Prabhupada's books and the influence of the Krishna conscious movement. I mean, even though our movement's not doing nearly as well as we had hoped it to be doing, uh, nevertheless, there have been literally millions of Srila Prabhupada's books distributed in this country, and no doubt that is having an effect. Uh, one of them which is the is, is largely contributed, I would say, to the uh, widespread awareness of and by many belief in uh, the laws of karma, even though people don't have a very clear idea of what it is, but at least they have some idea of what it is. Whereas a generation, and definitely two generations ago, the word karma wasn't even known, and the concepts were not socially acceptable, to, which means reincarnation. Uh, so reincarnation, that was considered the uh, subject matter for a few crackpots. But now it's, it's widely, at least conceptually, many people know about what it is. And, uh, and many people, to a greater or lesser extent, have some kind of belief in it. So that's a, that's a major change in, in uh, the whole outlook. Of course, uh, they may, may not have a very clear idea, but it is a major change in the culture. Some years ago, when I was uh, in Bangladesh, someone came, devotee came from England, and they brought with them a the, the Sunday supplement of the Telegraph newspaper, Sunday Telegraph, which is the most conservative newspaper in Britain. And on that, it, the, the the main feature was about how the culture of Britain is changing. Back to the vegetarianism point. How Britain, which used to pride itself as, on its being a na nation of beef eaters, mm. is uh, rapidly turning. And it's a, for years, it's been the fastest growing nation of vegetarians <coughs> in Europe. So, and they're noting that this is a major cultural change. So, uh, yeah, culture and. and there are, there are many other uh, trends, uh, feminism, acceptance of homosexuality, and so on. So, um, there's, a, there's a brief overview of the, uh, what I see to be a very, actually, confused situation very confused. I see a very... the world is very confused and maybe America more than any other country. It seems to me to be highly confused. Maybe just because of the sheer size of the country and then so many different cultures coming together. Uh, it's, it's so many different outlooks and, and, and the, the whole uh, idea of free speech just makes everyone's blabbing on about something or other <laughs> and uh, yeah the, the fact that people are confused is is seen in the uh, prevalence of substance abuse alcoholism broken homes if there are any homes in the first place divorce and all these kinds of things it just means that people are uh, confused 
you know what their direction is. Uh, in, although a, a few generations ago people used to trust and revere, the, even revere their political leaders, now uh, among increasingly there's a sense of hopelessness that wh- whoever's in it's not going to help us, and they n- they don't have our self-interest at heart, that they're just part of a big machine to exploit us, and there's nothing much we can do about it. So there's uh, confusion. I, I see confusion, uh, disp- bordering on despair with many people, uh, meaninglessness, which is maybe one reason why this fundamental Christianity is popular, because this idea of being spiritual without being religious, it don't, you don't get any direction, and just being materialistic, agnostic, uh, that also leads uh, an innocence of meaninglessness is there, or lack of direction. So it's maybe one, re- one reason why this fundamental Christianity is popular, because people, they, they get a direction. And then they're told, okay, live your life like this and everything will be okay. And everyone in the fundamentalist camp seems to smile with a big smile and be confident that uh, Jesus has saved them and uh, it's attractive. But intellectually, if we examine, it's uh, shallow. Which is again why people on the other hand are rejecting them. Intellectually shallow, I mean, I mean it's, anyway, I don't want to get into the whole thing of bashing Christianity, but uh, any form of Orthodox Christianity, the whole idea that uh, well, we're, we're all all the suffering in this world is caused because a long time ago someone ate an apple, and then uh, but never mind, God came and someone killed him, he was dead for three days and they killed God and uh, anyway he came back to life again so I mean it's just uh, intellectually defunct or if there was any just just it doesn't make it cannot appeal to any intelligent person and I'm quoting Bhaktivinoda Thakur on that this theology so cannot appeal to any intelligent person um, just one other point who's better Democrats or Republicans <laughs> Republicans Republicans, okay, that's what you're saying. Well, there are some devotees who say that, because they say, well, at least they're against abortion, they're for family values, but then some vote Democrat, because they think, well, you know, if, if these Republicans, they're associated with fundamental Christianity, if they, if they get their way, they won't even allow, at least the Democrats will allow us to exist. But with the Republicans, you, you you can't be sure. They may just crush us if they become so powerful. And there are devotees who are committed Republicans. They vote Republican. And some who vote Democrat. Srila Prabhupada vote, wrote, not vote, wrote in a purport, in, I'm getting to that, in the fourth canto of Bhagavatam, that Krishna conscious... People should not vote for leaders unless they are, should refuse to vote unless they are Krishna conscious. So, which way should we vote? None of these ways. That's, that's right from Prabhupada's books. 
There's a very good article in Back to Godhead some years ago by Suresh Prabhu, who always writes very original and uh, lively articles with a, with an underlying very heavy message. He has this amazing knack of doing that. So he wrote about, he was in Gitanagari farm at that time, and he wrote about how he went to discuss who to vote for with the cows. <laughs> and the cows, they were all upset. They said, well, it doesn't matter who they are, Democrat, Republican, who's going to stop killing us? Why are you going to vote for anyone who's going to kill us? So that's a very good point. It's So uh, we're not Democrats or Republicans. The Democrats have the aura of being good, caring, uh, open-minded, whereas the Republicans have the uh, the aura or the the image of being real Americans, more American than Uncle Sam, or America, American to the bone marrow, like this. <laughs> so, like this, you know, meat-eating, smoking, drinking, hardcore Americans. So, and, and on the other hand, Democrats, you know, very liberal, too liberal, abortion and all this. So, so uh, how do we... <coughs> analyze all this from the perspective of Bhagavad Gita. There are many verses which may apply to this. Bhogaishvarya prasaktanam tayapahrita chaitasam vevasayatmakabhuti samadhanabhutiyata For those who are too attached to material enjoyment and opulence. They're, they're very much attached to these things which are materialistic civilization in general. Uh, so, for such persons, their consciousness is deluded. Apahrita chetasa. It goes against, we often hear this, I'm acting according to my heart. But if there's the desire for bhoga, material enjoyment, and Aishwarya, opulence, wealth, then that goes against our real heart's desire, which is to love Krishna. So such persons, they cannot be fixed. They must be confused. The more desire, the more material desire there is, then definitely the more confusion must be there. Because, hoya mayar das kori nana obhidas. When we become the servant of Maya, which is also a word which is entering the, le the modern lexicon, um, then we have many desires, and these desires they conflict with each other, so we become confused. Sometimes we think, well, I want to be good, and sometimes we think, I want to be bad. Sometimes we think, oh, well, I'd like to live peacefully, and sometimes we think, well, I'd like to live a, a, an exciting life, and these so many desires and they, they conflict with each other and we cannot fulfill them. Unfulfilled desire leads to frustration. This is all analyzed in Bhagavad Gita. How frustration and then it leads ultimately to madness and that's the condition of the whole material world but especially when the Rajoguna 
the mode of passion becomes intense, then uh, this condition of actually insanity, which we see at the present time, it becomes prominent that people live in, in, in such an unnecessarily stressed out manner. I mean, even in San Diego, it may seem like kind of relaxed compared to New York City or Los Angeles. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a very artificial society, very artificial way of life with, with the goal of or the, the center is sense gratification, to indulge the senses at a, at a much higher level than is normal in traditional societies. So naturally the mental imbalance must be there, because, because we're just burning up our, uh, our sense gratificatory ability by indulge, uh, pushing the adrenaline and all more and more and more till you get burned out and that's what happens so then again take some more intoxication just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing yourself to enjoy 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 extremely unnatural way of life people have, cannot imagine what it lives it means to live just in a, in a very simple and relaxed manner it's, you can't live a simple manner <laughs> I went to, on a I went into Bodhi's house and they just built a house and said, and in their estimation it was very simple. And I, you know, lived years in Bangladesh. And, you know, at that time, there was most of the, I didn't see any electric electrical appliances for weeks on end. There's no electricity, and, for instance. So you can, you can maybe imagine what that means. I Actually, you can't unless you live in that atmosphere what it means to live. Just not having electricity makes everything so much more uh, simple. And the, the whole, which is why Srila Prabhupada said in our family is not to have electricity. Because once you have then there's, there's no end to all the different things. And then the complexity, the life becomes so much more complex. So, yeah, you have to go throw a bucket down the well, pull it up or walk to the river to take a bath and things like go in the field and pass. So, but to, to get these conveniences, how much we have to struggle and have a stressed out life. So, um, yeah, we're talking about a general overview. And, uh, the society is degrading day by day. What was that verse you were saying? Tatas chanu dinam dharma satyam shocham shamadaya kalena balena rajan nangshant ayur balang smritihi People say day by day things are going down. Right? Well, that's true. That was written 5,000 years ago in the Srimad Bhagavatam. That thereafter, that means after the onset of Kali Yoga, Day by day, dharma, which is means religion, but it means also morality and the whole sense of living properly. It diminishes day by day. Tatas satyam, truthfulness. 
cleanliness, compassion, tolerance, bodily strength, and uh, the power, power of memory, these decrease day by day so that we can see within a generation how much human society is becoming degraded. And whole uh, moral outlooks change completely. Just like there was a time in the late 19th, up to about the late 19th century, contraception was considered in here in America was considered absolutely wrong by every, almost everyone. Christian completely against it. But gradually they said, well, okay. And now they recommend it. Now you have... Uh, and uh, so like this, the whole morality can change. You say, well, the, the whole idea that uh, women can have children outside marriage was up to a short time ago considered something very wrong and uh, and a, a, a kalanka what, what's that a, a scar what's what's the word uh, a blot on the on the whole family but then people don't even live in families anyway and then it's it's just become considered normal and completely normal hmm. nothing wrong with it at all so I'm just giving this as an example of how moral values change, world views change. And things that were, now we're seeing things that would have been considered unthinkable even a short time ago, they're just, they're coming. I'm talking, I specifically had in mind the idea of homosexual couples having, of raising children. So that was, I mean, that there could be homosexual couples even tolerated in society was considered uh, impossible. And now that they can raise children and say, well, we have the right to have children. Of course, the children, because we also have the right of ch children to have biological parents. <coughs> that could also be considered. Anyway, I'm just saying that these... Uh, yeah, the... the Attitudes change. Uh, there was a time, of course this was quite a long time ago, when uh, in Christianity women did not have souls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't have souls. And they were granted souls by one of the popes. <laughs> some time ago. I don't know what happened to all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what happened to all of them before that. Maybe all the all these there, there, maybe there'll be a sexual imbalance in heaven because all the soul all the women before that well they just they died and that was it that was it finished because they didn't have souls <laughs> maybe the pope could give them yeah retroactively give them souls but anyway they officially didn't have them and then they got the vote and then they got equal rights so they too can go to Iraq and blast people to pieces so the the, uh, the ultimate limit of fem femininity or if there's any such word so like this um, 
there's the idea that we got it right. We got it right. In the past, everything was all wrong, but now we got it right. You see that now we have equal rights for everyone, tolerance toward everyone. We treat all religions equally. The whole of the there's the idea that the modern society is the zenith. If you look back at the past, there was so much inequality. Now everyone's equal and everything's great. Of course, if we actually look at the society, it's a complete mess in so many ways. I mean, a society in which... Just a few years ago, I came to America and I heard the word Prozac. Someone told me, oh, Prozac. Then someone else told me, what's this word, Prozac? I never heard of it. It's a household word in America. It's, it's an anti... You all know what it is. I don't have to tell you. But I didn't know what it was, but... If, if the name of an antidepressant drug is a household word, then there's something wrong. Uh, although some people may disagree, if many children don't grow up with their biological parents, many, I mean a large percentage, with both of them, and both of them are alive, but they, their biological parents live separately, they're divorced, uh, there's something wrong. If even one child pulls out a gun and kills some, well, you could say that's an odd case, but when it when it happens repeatedly, <coughs> something seriously wrong there. When when, in, when at schools children have to be searched for weapons, there's something wrong. When the when uh, Kids, even as soon as they hit puberty, or maybe even before, are engaging in sexual activities. It's serious. Taking drugs and so on. Obviously, it's a very, very sick society. So, uh, devotees, we are presenting uh, not just what people would call a religion, but a whole way of life in which the understanding and the value system doesn't change. People think, well, you have a right to your own opinion, but uh, in Christian consciousness we, we say well, it's better to know what is God's opinion of what is best for us and to act accordingly. So, we do offer... A clear understanding, but at the same time, it's it's uh, scientific understanding, and it's not that one size fits all. That but there are different directives for different people according to their psychophysical propensities. The idea of artificially <laughs> making yeah making everyone equal it's artificial because different there are different levels of intelligence. People have different. Uh, propensities and desires so to to try to make everyone the same is uh, uh, it doesn't work and it results in people being unhappy we see that how, how many people can actually say in the modern age that they're they're satisfied and, and what they do most of the time for their livelihood they, they actually like their job and they like the people they're living with and working with most people know most people, if you uh, if you remove their paycheck, they're not going to work anymore. 
And think, well, that's an obvious thing. But in Vedic society, actually, there is no paycheck for anyone. <laughs> you don't get paid. Um, well, for most people, just like the barber, the village barber, he'll come and shave you, and you don't pay him. That's that's what he does. And uh, after the harvest, you give him a bag of rice, and at festivals, you know, a marriage or something, you give him some cloth. <laughs> Everyone's looked after. But it's not like for every single little thing you do, you have to get paid for it. People have their duty to do, to do what the potter makes pots, the barber shaves people, the, and like this, everyone has their job to do. And some people are of a higher status, and others are of a lower status. And that's, uh, it's not that one's trying to pull down the other according to their uh, karmic situation. One is born in a certain kind of family and has that kind of situation. But the center is God consciousness. Of course, this is a very, very foreign concept in the Western world to introduce this idea of a stratified society. But uh, Srila Prabhupada wanted, he, he was very much wanted to do that. A stratified society based on knowledge of the actual underlying principles of human society. That we are in a foreign atmosphere. We don't belong in this material world. Therefore, in the human life, having attained human birth, we should cultivate those values which lead us to that consciousness which will satisfy us in this life and liberate us from birth and death and lead us to Krishna, who is all bliss. So the society is to be based on these principles. So Srila Prabhupada preached his, princi his principles of preaching, his main principles of preaching that we are not the body, therefore life should not be lived for sense gratification, we are controlled, even though we may like to think that we're free but, and we have right to do, rights to do whatever we like, but we are controlled by the material nature controls us. We have, uh, however much we take antioxidants and vitamin E and do yoga, we still grow old and die. We don't, we can't demand the, the right to live forever. We don't have a right. Well, actually we do. That's why we try to live. We try to go on living, but the, mat the material world is set up in such a way that we have to die, we have to go, we have to suffer diseases. So Krishna consciousness gives that knowledge by which we can become, or we do become, free from birth and death. So, uh, it is a very good time for uh, introducing this science of Krishna consciousness, a, a completely different way of looking at the world, which at the same time is uh, practical and uh, philosophically tenable, and it combines the uh, spiritualism of those who like to be spiritual, to feel spiritual, with the uh, theism of those who uh, seek the shelter of a kind and loving God with scientific knowledge of all facets of human culture and in Vedic culture the, all sciences are there all, all sciences 
So it's actually a very good time to uh, preach Krishna consciousness. We may think that, well, a moment's not that well known, but uh, there is great scope. It does. It does seem strange to many people, but that's maybe because of the whole atmosphere that's produced by the highly sense gratificatory society. But if we can uh, get our message out there, along with the millions of other messages getting out there, then uh, the, this was Srila Prabhupada's hope, that he personally met many of the uh, intellectuals of, in the Western world, and he wanted his books distributed, <coughs> and he especially wanted them distributed in the universities, because he, Srila Prabhupada's idea was that if people are presented with this uh, philosophical understanding, then persons who are somewhat sober kind of begin to appreciate that this is a substantial message. I mean, just take the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Janmadhyasya Yaton Vyaditaratas Chartesh Vabhignaswarat Tene Brahma Hridaya Adi Kavaye Mohyamti Yat Suryaha Tejo Vari Yatam Ridang Yatavinmayo Yatsuchisardomrasha Dhamna Svena Sardani Rasta Kuhakam Satyang Parangi Mahi Does anyone know the uh, translation in the book? I mean I can explain it, but the I, I don't know, yeah. So, I offer my obeisances to Vasudev, the, the all-pervading personality of Godhead Vasudev, by whom the uh, creation, maintenance and destruction of this material world is effected. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations. It was he who at the time of creation imparted Vedic knowledge into the heart of Brahmaji, Prabhupada says and by him even the great controllers of the universe are bewildered that illusion acts just like water is seen on fire or land is seen on water uh, he is beyond the uh, material creation which is affected the, the by, of the three modes of material nature are in the three phases of creation, maintenance and destruction. He is uh, situated beyond illusion in his own uh, abode, his own dham, which is forever free from the uh, illusion which is like that of a, of a uh, magician. This this material world bewilders us like that, like a magician can bewilder. So he's eternally free of that. He is this supreme, ultimate reality, and it's he who we should meditate upon. So even this first, just see this first verse. If people, anyone reads this, they cannot but be impressed that this is a substantial description of. Uh, the supreme absolute reality. And in his in introduction to Srila Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada writes that 
the concept of God and the concept of the absolute truth are not on the same level. And he shows how Srimad Bhagavatam brings these together. So this is perfect theology, perfect spiritualism, perfect uh, knowledge of all that be. Of course, everyone will say ours is the best, but if we are actually to have comparative religion, then there is, clearly there is nothing, there is no uh, system that is a consistent, comprehensive, and uh, meaningful as that given in the books of Srila Prabhupada. So it, it is, and Srila Prabhupada has also given us a practical way of life for purification. So really, we have to get there, out there, and give them, live the message and convey it to others. It's not easy being Krishna conscious in the modern world in which the the atmosphere, America is Maya, we have heard. The atmosphere of, of indulging in the senses is very strong. And that attraction is very strong. We can very easily get caught in that. But if we remain strong by these spiritual practices of Krishna consciousness, then we experience a higher pleasure by which we can remain aloof from the uh, from being sucked in to that which is clearly against our own self-interest. And everyone can do it. Everyone should do it for their own uh, best self-interest. So, uh, actually it's a very good time for preaching Krishna, for spreading Krishna, and it's very much necessary also. Now, the whole human society is suffering so much for, just for lack of this knowledge. Mm. And we are fortunate to have that. So, um, yeah, well, that's my suggestion. Let's do whatever is required within our capacity to bring this message to others and bring Krishna conscious to others. We'll have to ourselves be Krishna conscious to do that. It's not just a matter of making propaganda and we won't even want to do so unless we are experiencing <coughs> the taste of Krishna conscious which comes from seriously practicing Krishna conscious. But if we have that then definitely we'll want to share that with others and it can be shared with others in various ways, by distributing prasad, holding festivals, and as we see here in San Diego, by making programs to introduce people to Krishna consciousness so that they they gradually uh, feel that, yeah, I, I want to do this also, I, I want to be like that. I want to have the happiness that these people are experiencing. So we really, of course, as I say, everyone will say they've got the best way. But even if we examine uh, neutrally or subjectively, really there is no, there's no uh, understanding of the world and of God and of everything like that which we receive from the Vedic knowledge given by Srila Prabhupada. There's no way of life as pure as this. There's pure food, uh, pure attitudes toward others, non-exploitive attitude, uh, very beautiful way of life, with 
beautiful Radha and Krishna to worship, joyful process of chanting the holy names and dancing and living simply. Uh, <clears throat> everything about Krishna consciousness is very nice. It requires that we make some effort. We have to rise early in the morning, for instance, which is one reason why I should stop this lecture fairly soon. Because practically speaking, we do require a certain amount of rest also. But yeah, everything about Krishna consciousness is, uh, in every aspect, is superlatively better than anything else that there is. So, in this confused and increasingly desperate American society, the welfare work of helping others by bringing others to Krishna consciousness, I'm just, I know you're doing it, all of you, but I'm just <coughs> suggesting that everyone follow the example of Srila Prabhupada to do whatever they can as much as they can, within their capacity to spread Krishna consciousness to others. Okay, I'll finish that. Hare Krishna. Yes, we have a question. As you know, the world is becoming more and more degraded and attached to sense gratifying... Yes, the world certainly is becoming more and more degraded and attached to sense gratification. So how do we break through to people then when we're preaching? How do we break through? Yeah. Uh, well, the breakthrough doesn't usually come right in the beginning. If we think we're going to break everyone immediately, that might be a wrong approach. In the beginning, uh, we want to expose people by publicly chanting, giving them Srila Prophet's books, giving them Krishna prasadam, and uh, by exposure to that, then people may themselves begin to think that, well, these people are very happy, uh, they become purified by appreciating the kirtan, by taking prasadam. So, the breakthrough, like I said, doesn't usually come immediately, that you just walk up to someone on the street, shake them and tell them, Savadhaman Parittaja, Mamekam Sharanandraja, surrender to Krishna, and they say, yeah, okay. But it's usually a more gradual process. It requires the, to... Uh, to go on with distributing books, holding festivals, inviting people to our centers, distributing prasadam, going on Harinam, all these things. And then gradually, as people become exposed to that, then they become attractive, because Krishna is attractive. Yeah. Um, since Srila Prabhupada's time, perhaps, uh, Maybe in the world, maybe America's changed somewhat. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? Yeah, the world is different. Uh, the, India is definitely very different to when, in some ways, to when Srila Prabhupada is president, and America is too. Yeah. So do we need to make any adjustments on our side? Make adjustments? Yeah, always we have to adjust, keeping our core principles the same. Srila Prabhupada, in preaching Krishna consciousness, maintain the core principles that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave. Mm. 
of chanting the holy names, uh, speaking basic philosophy to people, and that was uh, that was done also by Srila Prabhupada in the form of books uh, and uh, holding festivals, distributing prasad, and these are the core principles. Exactly how they're presented in various cultures, they change, but the core principles stay the same. And we can't. In the name of adjusting, we can't change Krishna consciousness. If we don't have chanting and prasadam and the philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, then it's not Krishna consciousness. So we can't change that. Although the manner of presenting it may be, it's going to be different for different audiences. That's why Srila Prabhupada, for instance, uh, organized the Bhaktivedanta Institute for presenting, actually in a very... Uh, uh, what shall we say, restrained or almost roundabout way, the uh, philosophy of Krishna consciousness to scientists, to, to speak in scientific terms. So, uh, <coughs> dressed in suits and ties and all this kind of thing. Yeah. Since I joined in 1978, it seems like we've kind of uh, developed more of a softer cell. We've developed a softer, yeah, yeah, too soft in my in my estimation. There's, softness is required and firmness is required. Both are required. But if we just, if we're only soft, then we become ourselves weak. Mm. And I wrote about this in, in an essay in my book, My Memories of Srila Prabhupada. Mm. And uh, that I wrote an essay called On Speaking Strongly in Srila Prabhupada's Service, which I've just, I'm just revising that been out of print for a long time, so I'm just revising that. Uh, there, are, there are certain in, in this <coughs> book that I brought out, Sri Bhakti Siddhanta There are certain statements by him that that uh, show that overriding the principle of time, place, time, place, and circumstance is one consideration, but. More important than that is to retain clarity and to, well, I can't remember the exact quote, but to paraphrase, he said that the, the duty of a preacher is to present Krishna consciousness in the most unambiguous manner. So there are a lot of quotes, and he was a very direct preacher. A lot of quotes in there. So yeah, yeah. There, there. Sometimes it's it. It seems that many times or often devotees think that well, just if the public somehow or other likes us, that's our job done. But it's not enough that they just kind of, in a in a very remote kind of way, tolerate us. But rather, we want to uh, change the way people live and act and think, and so that requires some surgery also. So. A little bit of anesthesia. <clears throat> yeah, anesthesia might be there also. To use a rough example. Prasada. Mm? Prasada, yeah. Smash them in the fever. Or around the other way also. Yes, please. Um, one of the things we notice in American culture is that you know, people run after the latest fad and. People run they, after the latest fad. Yeah, and, they, and, so and, and all. Whatever's know, dictated to them. Yeah, and, and everything tends to get commercialized very fast. 
So that all the stuff like yoga and keys and everything is out everything there. becomes commercialized. It's right? out there. So people have like <laughs> yoga, people, already yoga business, kirtan business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, so it's out there. It's, so in the sense that you talk to people about kirtan, they experience kirtan, they experience yoga. So they think they are. They think they have experienced so yoga. How can we kirtan? tell them what we are giving them is 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 is, is not the same thing they have experienced or, or how is it? How can we tell them? We can tell them. Just tell them. Yoga means, just like Prabhupada told from the very beginning, yoga was popular in America, becoming popular. And Prabhupada, he, told, he said that real yoga is bhakti yoga. What is the meaning of yoga? And out of the lectures that Srila Prabhupada gave the book, The Perfection of Yoga, and what's the other one? No, no, there's the other yoga book. The Perfection of Yoga is one, and the, uh, the Path of Perfection. Path of Yoga. Well, now it's been, they put two books in one, but there was another one at one time. Anyway, Srila Prabhupada presented it. No, that's taken from his lectures. Anyway, Srila Prabhupada spoke about this, and he he educated people who came to him that real yoga means to be Krishna conscious. That's the real meaning of yoga. Ah. Uh, it's time for a book which uh, could be written. <coughs> I, I suggested a title. Someone could write it. I'm not going to write I'm busy with some of the other books. But uh, a very good book for, just like at this Bhakti Fest, a very good. Well, The Nectar of Devotion would be a great book to distribute. Um, there. But one book, uh, Pure Kirtan, comma, Pure Bhakti. And defining what what is the difference between just singing for the, for the pleasure that you get in doing so, mm-hmm. and and kirtan actually means to glorify Krishna. That is the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean just some chance which you do for your own pleasure, or because it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. The actual meaning of kirtan, and that the pleasure that you get from acting for Krishna's pleasure is far more than anything you can experience from simply, as Prabhupada says, the sensual, mental or intellectual level in that famous uh, speech that Srila Prabhupada gave on chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. So yes, we should preach these things. It's not enough to go among a bunch of neo-mayavadis who are talking about love and peace and all these things and, and going on with their sense gratification and encourage them to chant. Hare Krishna. It's not enough. To encourage them to chant offensively may not help them. We have to educate them. I mean, that's our whole job. I mean, I've been living in India all these years, and especially I was in Bengal, where the culture of chanting Hare Krishna is very strong. So simply to encourage people to chant Hare Krishna is not enough. You have to educate them to stop eating fish, which is widespread in Bengal. You'll find people that chant Hare Krishna and go home and eat fish. Uh, and and what it, you have to educate them probably everything because their concepts are so mixed up. What is, what is the meaning of a guru? What is, what, is the meaning, what is the difference between offensive and pure chanting? And it took some time. But now many people are... I mean, when I first went to Bangladesh, it was hardly difficult to find a vegetarian in the whole country even though so many people are chanting Hare Krishna. So we don't get that. In the Bhakti Fest, I, I, I would think almost everyone attending there is a vegetarian, but they have other, I mean, they're highly mixed up with Mayavan. 
So we have to educate. Otherwise they're chanting Hare Krishna, it won't help them much. Bahujanma karejadi shavam kirtam tavam napai krishna padi premadam. They won't get the actual result of chanting if they're offensive. They have to, they have to know what the real thing is. So, yeah, we should educate them. So, Maharaj Prabhupada was famous for his approach of in like a pin, out like a plow. In like a needle and out like a plow. Yeah, sometimes he did that. So, if we stay... Not always. <laughs> not always. If we stay in the needle position... Yeah, we shouldn't always out, be a needle, yeah. Then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a needle, out like a needle. <laughs> in like or in, a needle. Uh, it's also not good to be in like a plow and out like a needle. <laughs> That's also, it's not that we just, we're so brash in our preaching that we just get bashed. Some, uh, some intelligence has to be there. Yeah, anything else please, before we finish? Oh, so many questions. Yes, please. No, what, what's your question? Oh, thank yeah. you, much. Um, in, in living in a Christian nation, or amongst several... Yeah, yeah. Somewhat Christian. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's a mix of Christianity and paganism, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what should our. Uh... Heathens. We're, we're heathens. We're all going to burn in hell, according, according to some. It's often to, to find um, so called Christian games where they, they show. Um, they show uh, Christian a, games a, that mean game attraction to game in the modern world means a computer game, doesn't it? Generally, is that what you're talking about? Generally, like like you, I'll I'll play your game and then you become a Christian. Basically, that's the that's what I'm. Oh, you're talking like, about like, social games. Yeah, they they like show oh, okay. show show interests and then like towards the book and then use that as an opportunity to preach and have confrontation amongst. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, they yeah. come up to you and then they say, they, oh, what is your religion? And then you start telling them, they're like, oh, tell me more. And then later, then they say, oh, I'm a Christian. Give all this up. I see. Right? My, yeah. It's a preaching technique. Yeah, that's what they do. My question, Maharaj, is, is, is what, uh, what, how much time we should spend? And spend with people like that as little as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the general experience if you're distributing books, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't it? It's not worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. say, then when they say, well, actually, I'm a, you, know, you should become a Christian, you say, okay, very good. Would you like to take the book? And you, 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 no? Oh, so I'll just say, okay, have a good day. Have a great day. Have a great day in, in America. In England, it's a good day. In America, it's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> so have a, have a great day. And do whatever you can to move on to the next. So, uh, <laughs> all right, try to make it coherent because the last time you asked me a question, I couldn't understand what it was. Oh, actually, one of the other uh, fellow doctors helped me answer it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I, I want to point out an insight. Um, and it's the fact that we live in a place where there's a, a, a deep ingrained sense of, uh, or, or, or attitude of arrogance. Um, so, for instance, in the news lately, um, 
when uh, Obama publicly uh, announced his support for building a mosque in New York, uh, one of the comments from one of the, uh, the leaders here was that uh, we don't want... Leaders here means where? In uh, San Diego? No, in America? In yeah. Iscon San Diego? One of our leading, uh, or one of the leading uh, political leaders here. I think you I'm, mean in America? Yes. Okay. Said that, uh, uh, and I quote, uh, we, we don't want uh, some monkey religion, you know, uh, being built upon uh, you know, our sacred city. ground. Yeah, sacred ground, right. So, yeah. So the point being that this, his statement reflects, you know, the common attitude of many, as you say, wasps. And me as an American, but not a wasp, I have to deal with, with this dynamic, you know, because <coughs> I'm already placed as, you know, inferior, you know. So if we're gonna preach this message of Christian consciousness, we have a big obstacle in dealing with that, that arrogance. Because if someone thinks, you know, India, Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, they're thinking third world, well, I tell you what, you, you surrender to Krishna and be blissful and whoever, whatever the bodily designation may be, when you're blissful and filled with the, uh, with the confidence of being protected by Krishna, then your own hang-ups and those of others will be dissolved. And having said that, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. We'll finish there. Yeah.